Welcome back. This is your storyteller with episode number 18 Daydreaming in the Hayloft. Daydreaming in the Hayloft. I had discovered a new hiding place of my own, a place where I could write in my own writing tablet and daydream in the way that I love to do. I love my big brown tablet with the big Indian chief on the cover. (laughs) He reminded me a lot of my Madea. My little mother kept me supplied with plenty of paper and pencil and ink pens. The packages would come in the mail addressed just to me in care of my Madea. And she would allow me to open them myself. And there in all the packages among all the papers, all the wrappings, were my big Indian chief tablets. I call them city things. But that's another podcast. The barn had been there all the time since I was a little girl, but I never went there except to help get the hay out for the cows or the horses, the mules and the goats. Sometime I would see the rabbits scurrying in and out of the barn, but the barn had no real meaning to me. But one day, it would fall upon a day After all those years, I saw the barn in a whole different way. I walked inside and suddenly the smell of the hay was so fresh and inviting. Bales of hay stacked on top of the other, looking like a comfortable bed. What happened? I don't know. Anyway... I jumped on top of the bales and began rolling all around. I didn't care that the hay was in my hair, in my face, and in my mouth. It felt so good to my soul. I found my place. This was my place. It would be my own place. A place where I could write and pray and sing and laugh out loud and dance. I laughed so hard at God, I said to him, you are so funny. You never let me see the barn like this before. You made me wait. But I was happy. I wanted time to stop. Lately, I was always in a state of wanting time to just slow down and stop. I was feeling so anxious and jumpy inside. I sensed that some stuff was about to happen that would affect me in forever ways. By forever ways, that meant that It would always be there with me, kind of like a birthmark, something that would mark my life forever.
I was going about my days, riding and whirling and twirling and looking up at the sky, and guess what else? My breasts were coming in. Damn, damn, double damn. I really wasn't ready for those things. I already knew that all of that meant more change, more change. Now, normally I'm not afraid of change. I was never afraid of change. But for some reason, this change that I felt in the air, I didn't like. It was everywhere. It was all around. It was in my head. It was just, it was too much. But then these breast things came. My friends all had them. They were wearing their baby brassiers and letting the boys touch them. But I didn't have time for breasts. Too many other things were flooding my head, making me jumpy inside. Tears began to automatically fall from my eyes. Boy, they were falling like the water at Tom Bigby Creek. That water at Tom Bigby was always just gushing. From the top of the hill, deep in the woods, it came flowing down into the creek like it had a mind of its own. That's how my tears came, just flooding out of my eyes. I felt so scared. Scared because things were happening too fast. I felt like all of this would be gone soon. I felt like I was going to be gone soon from my hometown. My home that raised me. My home that defined me. That taught me how to laugh out loud. To like what I liked without any explanation for it. All of nature taught me. Taught me things about me. Nature taught me things about people, about life. I sat on my porch in porch swings and rocking chairs. Where else would I find that? I sat under the house. I saw pictures. The pictures that I saw, there was no, no space, no place to sit under the house. I saw houses joined together. In my hometown, I could go under the house and find a nice, comfortable spot and just sit there and write and talk. I played on land as far as a young girl's eyes could see. My land. I had places called the hollow, the bottom. I think in the city, 
places were called, the east side, the west side, those kinds of things. At least that's what I heard. I got baptized in the real river and then in a pool at church. I was also sprinkled in the Methodist church. My first school was inside of a church before our school was built. Before I even rode in a car, I rode in a wagon, a real wagon. And I had my own horses, my own mules pulling the wagon. I rode on the back of other folks' wagons. I had my own cow, my friend named O'Mary. I was losing all of that. That's why I was so anxious and so jumpy inside. I loved it all. We had one taxi, a man that I knew since I was a child, one light in town, one tiny jailhouse, with a window around the back where we could come to that window and actually see the prisoners and talk to them. Man, I had so many playmates. My sunflowers, my butterflies, my lightning bugs, the honeysuckles. Wow. I churned milk to make our butter. I had a special apron that I wore when I churned the milk. When I wanted fried chicken, I went out into the hen house and got a chicken of my own to wring her neck for breakfast or whatever meal I chose. We had a day called Dog Days where we had to take our dogs to get their shots. That was a lot of fun, but it was a lot of work. We all lined up and went into town with our dogs on leashes. Those dogs (laughs) would fight and people got tangled up in the leashes and thrown to the ground or drugged by their own dogs. All of that. I knew was about to vanish. I was about to leave it all behind for the other kids. Never to have it again. None of those things were in the city. Wow. Was I wishing that I had never had it? No. I'm glad I had it. I just didn't want to leave it. My grandmother these days was always watching me and glancing over at me, looking at me, looking at me out of the corner of her eye. I saw her. She would look at me and smile. Sometimes she would throw her head back and laugh out loud. 
She said, little girl, you got a busy head. Just stop being so busy in that head and just stay out of God's business. (laughs) I said, my dear, I'm not in God's business. He's in my business. When I said that, she turned her head quickly and looked at me so hard. Then she fell out laughing. She said, little girl, you are a real piss cutter. You hear me? A real piss cutter. You better be glad I'm not God. I will tear your behind hole out for what you just said. Both of us laughed until we just tired ourselves out laughing. She said, Sweet Isabel, I want you to sleep in my bed tonight so we can talk. I was happy, but I was hoping that she wasn't going to talk about breasts and boys and girls having babies. I didn't have time for breast, boys, or babies. I was in a hurry trying to hold on to my wonderful life that was about to be snatched from me. Well, she made me a great big supper that night. She made all of my favorites. I washed up prayed and climbed in bed behind her. I began to sing and hum. She said softly, Don't sing, sweet Isabel. Not tonight. As a side note, I'm like that today. Sometimes, I just don't want to hear the singing. I just want shh, quiet. Just shh, quiet. That feeling always reminds me of my mud dear. Stop singing, sweet Isabel. Just stop it. Enough already. <laughs> I can hear her sometimes saying that. As I climbed in bed with her and we got comfortable, she said, My sweet, sweet Isabel. She just looked at me as she sat in bed. She sat up in the bed and then so did I. She looked at me long and hard, looking straight through my soul, just looking as if she was trying to remember me for another time. Side note. I look at people the same way myself today. I guess I got that from her. She said to me, give me your hand, sweet child. I put my hands in hers and she gave me no explanation for what she was about to do and I didn't ask any questions. She took my hands in her hands 
She closed her eyes and began following the lines in my hand with her finger. Her eyes were closed, but mine were open. I was mesmerized by the strange look on her face. She appeared to be, I guess, kind of like hypnotized as she followed the lines in my hands. She began to hum a strange song. Without warning, I let out a scream from the pain inside of my hand. She had jammed her finger into my hand. The pain was so sharp. It felt like the time that I stepped on that nail and it went all the way through to my through my toe. After she jammed her finger into my hand, she opened her eyes and stared straight into my eyes. Sweet Sweet Isabel, my little girl. Oh, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. My baby, my baby, my baby. I didn't know what she saw. I just know that I felt pain. I wanted to comfort her, but I didn't know what to say. I just listened to her. She pointed to the line in my hand and said, It's right here, baby. It's right here where you will make a wrong turn. And that one wrong turn will last a good spell before you can see your way out. My baby, my baby. But your God, Isabel, your God will bring you out, baby. But you gotta trust him. Are you listening to me, she said. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, you gotta trust him, sweet Isabel. Trust him until he moves for you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I won't be there to help you. I wish I could. Lord knows I wish I could. For this one. For this thing right here. God, I wish I could. But by then, I'll be dead and long gone. She took my hand and laid it to her heart. The tears just wouldn't stop falling from my eyes. Finally, I said, my dear, I'll be all right. I'm just like you. I have your blood. You said so yourself. When I first came here, remember? Remember you said to me, girl, you got my blood running through your veins. I'll be all right until God brings me out of whatever it is. She looked me squarely in my eyes. She said, 
but you have to be me. You can't be sweet Isabel. She said, you've been trying hard not to be me. I know. I've been watching you. You think I'm too hard sometimes. So you've been trying your darnest not to be me. But for this storm right here, baby, for what the Lord just showed me, sweet girl, you won't make it being sweet Isabel. You will die. Please don't die. Please don't die, my sweet, sweet baby. Don't die. Do you want to live, she asked me. I said yes, but not by giving up who I am. I am sweet Isabel. I was born in a storm before I She cut me off before I could finish. She said loudly, Hush! Just hush, little girl. Hush. She gently put her hands over my mouth. Shh. Just hush. Don't talk. Not this time. Shh. She said, still speaking softly, just promise me you will remember this night. I promised her. I said I would. She turned to me again and smiled. It'll all come back to you. God will bring it all back to your remembrance. You'll see. When the time comes, my sweet baby, you will remember who you need to be. She said, didn't you tell me something about your Auntie Becky saying that you were going to do some crying? I said, yes, ma'am, she did. She said, well, that's what I saw, too. Old Black Becky was right on that. She was right on the money with that thing. Oops. (laughs) I'm sorry. You asked me not to call her that, not to say those things about her. I'm sorry, baby. But she was right. I saw crying. But you know where to go when the crying starts. You met your father God at an early age. And you learned him really good. That's one thing I know for sure. You learned him, and you won't ever forget him. You got him real good, sweet Isabel. I said to her, better than you, my dear? She laughed. No. (laughs) No, not better than me, but better than a lot of grown folk I know. She kissed the inside of my hand and rubbed the place where she had jammed her fingers in it. 
and she kissed the pain away. She pulled me close to her, and I fell asleep in her arms. In my mother's bed, and in my mother's arms. And in my dream, I kept hearing the rhyme that we used to say a lot. What are little boys made of? Snakes and snails and puppy dog tails. What are little girls made of? Sugar and spice and everything nice. That's what girls are made of. That's what sweet Isabel is made of. That's what sweet Isabel is made of. Sugar and spice and everything nice. She is and always will be. Sugar and spice and everything nice. My grandmother's talk with me was different than the talk that parents are having with their sons and daughters today about when the white police officers pulled them over. This talk was about a wrong turn that I was going to willingly make on my own that would affect me for supposedly a very long time. As she called it, it would affect me for a good spell. This talk was preparing me for a life that awaited me years down the road. But in the meantime, I had just found my life in the hayloft, a place where I could daydream, and I would continue to enjoy it until I had to let it go. Everything else was slipping away fast, and I knew that my time for daydreaming in the hayloft would come to an end sooner than I wanted it to. I was beginning to write more and more about the things in my heart. I so desperately needed to write because I didn't want to forget any of it. I couldn't take it with me. I couldn't take any of that with me. But I prayed, Lord, Lord, let me remember everything. Let me not forget a thing that was important to me. I will tell the story. I will. I will tell the story about a girl named Sweet Isabel, born in a storm. And no one would say, Hush. Hush now. I will tell the story. Until next time, I am the storyteller. <laughs>